Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink, mom of four boys. And I'm Janet Allison, teacher of many more. Thanks for joining us as we share real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. Do you worry about the quality of your boy's diet? I do. My third son, Adam, stopped drinking milk when he was two. We learned later that he's lactose intolerant. And for years, even now, his primary food group is popcorn. I worry about his nutritional intake and I thought about giving him vitamins, but I was not thrilled with what I saw out there. So many vitamins for kids are filled with sugar and unhealthy chemicals, and they're based on out-of-date nutritional guidelines from the 1980s. I wish Haya vitamins had been around then. We recently got some samples of Haya and these are different. They are made from a blend of 12 farm fresh organic fruits and veggies and they don't contain any of the sugar and gummy junk that your kids don't need. My Adam is now 17, so he's a little old for chewable vitamins. I gave him some anyway and he gives Haya a thumbs up. I'm so glad that they tested them. We did too, because we're not going to promote anything that we haven't tried. And we've worked out an exclusive offer with Haya Health for these best-selling children's vitamins. This is just for you, our On Boys podcast listeners. Receive 50% off your first order. So to claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash On Boys. H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash on boys. Receive 50% off your first order. Just go to HayaHealth.com slash on boys and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. And let us know how your kids like their new vitamins. This is a really confusing time to be a boy in the United States. That is an observation from our friend Ryan Wexelblatt, ADHD dude. He has been here on the podcast before. 
you may have heard our conversation with him where he talked about helping boys understand social cues. He's talked to us about ADHD. And recently, Ryan had a couple groups of teenage boys for his ADHD summer camp. And that experience led him to make some observations. Ryan, can you share that with us? Yeah. So first of all, thank you both for having me back. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to talk to you both again. Um, so I think what you're referring to is you saw the videos I do from camp from the lessons I do every morning. So one of the things that was interesting is I've always done camp basically for middle school, the oldest kids going into ninth grade. This was the first year I did camp for, um, and I broke it up. So it would just be kids going into ninth and 10th grade. So approximately 14 and, and 15. Um, you know, and some of the things that, that came up, you know, they were a little freer talking about things you know there was some more um talk that you know probably most moms would would say that's inappropriate those kind of things um you know and and one of the things i've always addressed with with kids and i actually have a, a course for this and i hopefully i'm going to turn into an online course called guy stuff which is about understanding social expectations around hygiene and puberty and those things um but some of these things came up during camp when the kids you know some of them they were trying to um you know encourage one kid to talk to a girl that was on the beach and and these kind of things so you know i think one of the things is if i you know i use the term lear learning social to mean that if we you know need to help kids develop social competency um we need to teach them everything okay we, we can't leave out the things that make us a little bit uncomfortable mm -hmm. you know and and one of the things i've found over the years is that there's certain topics that make people uncomfortable to talk about um and i will say it, it makes fathers just as uncomfortable comfortable to talk about as, as mothers. So, you know, so some of the things, um, and you can, you can see them, I think the, I have the videos on YouTube and there will be more coming as, as well. You know, we talked about that, for instance, when we go to a water park, um, you know, you keep your eyes above neck level. Okay. And one of the things I want to mention here, you know, I, I really try to use gender neutral language when I teach this stuff, because I don't want to assume any kids are, I don't want to assume all kids are heterosexual, you know, sure. and, yeah. and I think that our generation is the last generation to have a problem with that. We, we tend to do that as a generation a lot. So, you know, so that was one thing I taught that, you know, when you're at a water park, you know, you, you keep, you know, your eyes above neck level. And I taught the term ogling. And then we talk about how does it make somebody feel right. If they're being ogling. You know, and I talk about the concept of unwanted attention, um, you know, as as well. So there's so much here to dig into. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little long winded. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Go back a little bit more. Uh, you mentioned overhearing, you know, the conversations between these boys. And you said there's some talk that uh, to moms is going to sound pretty inappropriate. Right. Can you share some of that? Because I think it is important for us as moms to have an understanding of this is what is normal yeah. in boy culture. This is conversations that your boy is hearing, he's engaging in, freaking out about it's not going to help. Right. You know, and then I think we can move forward. <laughs> yeah. So I want to first distinguish, you know, there's, I, I think, you know, there's this new term that came into, um, you know, to our, our lexicon of language, so to speak, around 2016, which was locker room talk. Okay. <laughs> and what I want to clarify for, for moms is 
what I'm talking about is not speaking degradingly about individuals, okay? Um, it's not speaking in a way that could be hurtful. One of my big rules at, at camp and I have is I don't want to hear your mom jokes. You know, we don't talk about somebody's family. We don't talk about somebody's appearance. And I also say, and when we're out somewhere, I don't want to hear jokes about people's appearance. You know, it's not okay, whether it's a guy or girl or whatever. So some of the things, you know, that um, kids, and I find, I'll tell you, I've, I've thought about this a lot since I got so much of a response to that post was, <laughs> You know, around 14, boys tend, not all boys, but a lot of boys tend to become a little looser with what they're willing to talk about in front of adults. So, you know, there would be a lot of sexual innuendos, you know, some jokes about that. Um, and again, it's never directed necessarily at a person and it's never, you know, in a way that I, I would say that's, you know, you're speaking in a disrespectful way about an individual. It's mostly these innuendos of things they see on, you know, on YouTube videos or memes or, or whatever it is. Um, and I think think, you know, what's important for parents to understand is that, that when you just say that's inappropriate or don't say that, that's not teaching anything, right? Mm -hmm. That's not teaching context behind the why. So what I teach, you know, the kids is that, you know, we don't make, you know, sexual jokes when we're out in public because number one, people who have younger kids don't want to hear it. Number two, it can make adults, um, you know, uncomfortable. And three, you have to learn what kind of humor is okay to use when you're just with guys your age versus when there's adults around. And a lot of kids with ADHD have difficulty with that last concept. Yeah. This is so good. I love this. Thank People you. are not talking about this in such a clear and direct way as you are. And it's, you know, the kids with ADHD and the kids without and really emphasizing the time and place, who you're with, what's okay. And that goes for boys of all ages. I hear parents, you know, with the five-year-old and potty talk and, right. you know, it's, it's <laughs> right. location. It's who are you with, with your, when you're with grandma or with you're with your friends. It's right. different. Right. And so I love that you're really just calling that out for them. Yeah, thank you. You know, one of the things I'll tell you, I heard um, recently on, on a podcast was, um, uh, you know, somebody, uh, speech language pathologist said, you know, in the, what we'll call, I guess, the social skills field, I call it the social learning field, um, you know, we have primarily women teaching social skills to boys and what she articulated so beautifully that I've never said this well is that you know what what I think people who teach social skills tend to do is they tend to teach the gold standard of what they think male behavior should be right not what's realistic or not what makes kids relatable to other kids you know or shows mm -hmm. empathy for others yeah and that's why we love you Ryan Thank you. and we love what you do <laughs> Thank you <laughs> and the fact that you help boys and teach their parents as well. Like you teach this explicitly. And what I mean oh, yeah. by that is like, yes, boys are going to see things and boys are going to say things. And as you pointed out a little bit ago, simply saying that's inappropriate or we don't talk like that is not that helpful. It's not at all helpful. Let's just be, right. let's call a spade a spade. It is not right. at all helpful. Mm -hmm. But for so many of us as parents, we don't know what else to say. Um, you have worked in this field long enough, and especially because you work with boys with ADHD, you realize like you cannot just leave room for interpretation here. You right. need to be very, very explicit. This yes. is something you can say and do in this situation. Yes, exactly. And what that is really, what you just spoke of is we're teaching context, right? And we're teaching the why behind the context as, as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. So I'm curious how the boys receive this from you. Yeah. Yeah. 
So here's the thing. I, I make it so, you know, I, I kind of give them permission to laugh about it, right? And, and I acknowledge that it can be an uncomfortable topic to discuss. And I acknowledge that they're not used to talking about this with, with most adults, okay? So I kind of open it up for that. And, and I think really kind of what happens is when you create that container where, you know, we can say it's okay to talk about these things here, right? And if it's okay to make jokes about them, you know, then it kind of makes kids feel more relaxed and more comfortable um, sure. because they know they're not going to be met with some judgment of, you know, don't ever say that you're being inappropriate. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. it just, it, it opens it up for a more comfortable conversation, I think. Yeah. One of the things that you pointed out in the post I saw in, in, in your videos, like our boys live in the world. Um, they live in a world where the Kardashians are huge. You know, Kim Kardashian breaks the internet by sharing a very provocative photo of her rear end and it's everywhere. And the boys, female peers, a lot of them also see this and know it's a good way to get attention. Mm -hmm. It's very common and I'm not even, it's not wrong, but you know, girls will post provocative pictures of themselves and boys are kind of caught between this place of, uh, that's really hot and but i need to be appropriate and that's a lot to untangle it's a lot for adults to untangle now you add in 14 year old hormones right, right. you know one of the things and, and i didn't say this in the post just because i didn't want it to be this long but i want parents to think about okay the number one followed person on instagram and i'm assuming snapchat too right which are the two main social media platforms and you know TikTok's coming up on that that teenager mm -hmm. use right is is instagram and snapchat the most followed person on instagram is kylie jenner Okay. I have no judgments about Kylie Jenner. I will tell you the day of her 18th birthday, she started posting very sexually provocative pictures. You know, this is a young woman who is close to being a billionaire because of the power she has in social media to sell products, you know, and, and really when I talk about Kardashian culture, that's what I mean. You know, we're our, our pop culture, our social media culture for teenagers is being dictated, you know, by people selling products in a sexually provocative way. I feel like we need to pause and point out like on the right. one hand that's not new at all that is Correct. how beer has been sold to us forever and ever right. that is how cars have been sold so many products have been sold using sex because that's such a basic human desire it works right but it's ramped up in a way in the age of social media and then in the age of social media everybody can jump in on that correct right and it can be more much more specifically targeted now which i think we need to acknowledge yeah Right, right. You know, so so my thing is, you know, at, and why I say I think this is the most confusing time in the history of this country to be a boy is because one end we, we have this, right? We have boys seeing their female classmates who can most closely fit the, um, you know, the very narrow parameters of having, quote, the perfect body, get the most attention on social media, you know, get the most attention, get the most followers on, on Instagram. But at the end of the spectrum, right, we have boys seeing, you know, these, these various men um, who have done hurtful things and acted in inappropriate ways go away forever because of those things. So, you know, so where is kind of the, my, my question is, where's kind of the in-between between saying, right, that, you know, this is what this is and this is what this is, right? And you can never act like this, even though we're going to stick this in your face constantly. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate that you brought that up. This is difficult stuff to talk about. It's difficult stuff to talk about for adults because certainly women have the right to do whatever they want to do. Absolutely. And so you don't want to come across to saying, don't do that. But to talk about the influence, it's 
big. And I'm telling you, as somebody who lives with teenage boys, they feel this tension, right? Like they, their perception, and I have heard my teenagers say this, their perception is that girls can get away without anything and guys will be, you know, crucified for it. And that is frustrating to them. Right. And confusing to them as well. Yeah. So how do you talk about that? <laughs> so I think there's a few things, you know, parents need to do. You know, one of the things I, I will tell you, at least for, for my son, who's a little older, he's, he's 22, um, really not into pop culture. But, you know, I've explained to him, um, you know, a lot of this stuff. And when the whole, you know, Jeffrey Epstein thing was happening, I explained to him what that was about. And, and I want him to understand, you know, there, there had to be this tipping point in our society, right, where we start to acknowledge how men have treated women really poorly, particularly men in positions of power, um, you know, for generations, and it's never been dealt with, right? So, um, you know, again, I think it's for me about putting it in context. So what I want parents to understand is a few things is that, you know, one, we have to teach media literacy. And, mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is teaching, right, that, you know, what are targeted ads to you on, you know, Instagram and Snapchat, right? And, you know, why is it that, um, you know, these certain, you know, females get the most followers on Instagram, you know, is it is it because they're posting interesting content? Or is, is it because they're posting provocative pictures, you know, and, and kind of, I think, right, we have to teach them that there's this, right, how, how in the media, right, the more provocative something is, the more um, it's going to reel people in. Okay, you I'm going to ask a tough yeah. question. Mm -hmm. You know, the boys you work with know it works for females to post provocative pictures of themselves. You get a lot of social media attention that way, which translates to social power, in many cases, monetary mm -hmm. power, right? And yet we tell our guys all the time, I tell them this all the time, Ryan, never send a dick pic. That's just a bad idea. Never, ever, ever. No, nobody wants to get a dick pic. But what a contradiction, right? Yes, yes. I, can I just add something to that since we brought that up? <laughs> Please do, since we went there already. Yes. Last school year, not this one, the school year before, I had that three times with kids I work with, none of them were older than eighth grade. Wow. Wait, sending, yeah. sending pictures? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't oh, think boy. I did. Sorry. Listeners, yeah. if you heard that smack, that was me that was... literally <laughs> smacking my forehead. Yeah. So yeah. let's stay with that. So how do you play mm -hmm. that out with the boys, with their parents? How do the parents handle that other than don't do it? Well, I find that there's a range of, you know, of, of reactions to it, um, you know, and it's, that's based on a lot of, you know, the parents' values and, and so forth. Um, I find some of it handle it, you know, pretty well, and a few of them are very reactive to it and, and you know, feel like, you know, their son's life is destroyed. And, and you know, the first thing I want to educate kids about is the, the legality around that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And how, you know, you can, you can be charged with sending child pornography by sending a picture of yourself to somebody, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and really, you know, and I want kids to understand that, um, nothing goes away, you know, forever online. And, you know, boys, here's the other thing I'll tell you a lot of times when I've seen this happen, it's girls playing a joke on a boy and saying, you send me something and I'll send you something. And then they never do. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like they're testing them to see what they can do. Um, and I've seen older girls do this with younger boys too, as, yeah. as you well. Know, another, you know, Another situation that I ha I've known of is that boys, a group of friends, boys will sometimes do it to each other, thinking they're being funny, it's a joke, 
But like you said, things on the internet don't go away. So all it takes is somebody to screenshot it and it can get sent, you know, way beyond the, the group of people who might might have found it funny in the first place. Right. All over your school into group chats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, I mean, this is what you're talking about is having the conversations, many, many conversations before you get to the point where you're having to deal with your son has sent a dick pic to someone so that, that there is that literacy and the conversations from an early age. Right. Yeah. Right. So this is one where for me as a parent, um, the good news, good in air quotes here, <laughs> is that there have been plenty of examples of famous men sending mm-hmm. dick pics to people where it didn't turn out so good. Right. As an adult, <laughs> I think we uh-huh. all know the case of Anthony Weiner, mm-hmm. and I still laugh at that. I live in Wisconsin. Uh, Brett Favre, uh, you know, former quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, w- was a hero here and is still like he's an awesome football player and he's also an idiot who (laughs) sent a picture to a trainer on the staff of the jets and so as a parent i will often use stories like that to point out like not only is it unwelcome it doesn't work this episode is sponsored by by heart babies need to eat and whether you breastfeed or bottle feed use formula combine all of the above you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no. And they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com 
slash envoys. That's try, T-R-Y, dot, easy melts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S, dot com, forward slash envoys. Like, right. whatever whatever Brett Favre or Anthony Weiner thought this was going to accomplish did not accomplish that end goal. Right. You know, one of the things I, I teach boys, I say that, you know, if they're heterosexual, you know, they know that I say, um, you know, girls who you might be interested, they want to feel safe and they want to feel comfortable with somebody. Right. And sending a picture of your private parts is not the way to make them feel safe or comfortable with you. That's really, really good explicit instruction, not explicit in an X-rated kind of way, but like you, you're putting it yeah. out there. It is totally normal for boys to want companionship and to want sexual attention totally normal but you are saying this is what girls are looking for and as a girl Mm -hmm. i can tell you yeah that's true right Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you know and this and you know and this is um a whole other layer of complexity but you know when i when i've worked with kids you know who identify as as being gay pretty early on and they're pretty you know um you know they're confident i mean they're they're not confident they're aware of their you know orientation um that can put a whole other layer of complexity in because the online gay world is completely about sending dick pics and you know these even more narrow standards than there are in you know um the heterosexual world so that's this whole other complexity that you know i've, I've had to teach kids who identify as, as being gay and there's really no great go-to handbook for any of this is there no there's none at all no Mm. I, I wanted to kind of encapsulate this. I wanted to tell you both the quote I heard. When I started doing research for my Guy Stuff program, I reached out to um, a woman in California who's a, a sexuality educator, former school nurse, and started just doing this full time. And, uh, you know, it was wonderful, does a great job. And the first thing she said to me is she said, we live in the most sexualized country in the world and the most sexually immature country in the world at the same time. And and I think that really sums all of this up. And there is example after example after example of we adults don't have this figured out. And somehow we expect our kids to do better. Right. Yeah. It's impossible. Right. Right. So I had a mom with a seven-year-old come to me and say, my son came home and said, mom, all the girls are perfect and I'm the bad one. And so how, I mean, this is, again, this whole topic that we're talking about, this, this um, disconnect, how do we talk with our boys and especially, you know, if they, if they have challenges in their social, emotional skill mm-hmm. development yeah, to see this, they see it all the time. They see teachers mm-hmm. and I mean, it might even be their parents. My sister gets, doesn't get in trouble for the things that I get in trouble for. Mm-hmm. Um, teachers, you know, are choose the girls over the boy student of the week are usually the girls. And so, how do we help our boys see, recognize and embrace their value when so often they see girls getting applause and boys more often being shamed or in trouble. Yeah. Thank you for quant for cap- encapsulating that, Janet. <laughs> what I do, Janet. <laughs> so here's here's what I, you know, so I just specialize in ADHD, you know, in ADHD with learning disabilities, ADHD with anxiety. And what I tell kids and what I tell parents is this. 
that's, you know, and I, I think I said this before, school is not designed with boys in mind, right? School is not designed for boys with, with ADHD, you know, some, right. Some of them can mold themselves to fit in those parameters, you know, and a lot can. And, and I think just, you know, the, the act of, um, you know, sitting at a desk all day and even with some movement, you know, it's just not really what, what we know now is most conducive to learning for most kids. So I want to explain that to kids that, you know, basically saying it's not you, it's us, right? It's the, yeah. yeah, it's the adults who have the problem and it's the adults who are not the forward thinking ones here. You know, some are, but for the most part, mm -hmm. you know, particularly mm -hmm. in public school, we're not, you know. So I think that's that's the first thing. And the other thing I explain to kids and particularly those who are struggling in school with, you know, getting in trouble and, and they do have some, you know, guilt and remorse about it. And even if they don't express that, I still explain this, that I say, you know, you are not your behavior, you know, you are you. And, you know, the behavior, you know, uh, most times we can make choices about our behavior. And sometimes, you know, we can't. And that's why I don't like when, when I hear parents of kids with ADHD say, he won't stop and think. And I say, no, it's not that he won't stop and think. It's that his brain development is is not at a place yet where he can stop and think, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I, and I want kids to understand that, right? That, you know, this is something you have to work at. Okay. But it's also, you know, something that we have to acknowledge that maybe, you know, your brain just isn't there yet to be able to do some of these things that give you lots of praise that you might, you know, your sister might get, or some of the other kids in your class might get and, and so on. So I try to really put it in the context of brain development because I think that takes it away from being so personal. Yeah, yeah, so we, we yeah. do have to go there. Mm -hmm. What about online learning? <laughs> Where do you want me to start? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I can tell you for a lot of the kids I worked with, it was a complete disaster. Um, I heard from a few parents that the kids liked it better. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to convey to parents right now is to, you know, to significantly reduce your expectations for the school year, you know. <laughs> It, it's not going to be optimal in any way, shape or form. And also look, I can't you know, predict the future. I don't think we're going to see any, well, let me rephrase that. I think we're going to see some long-term residual effects in, in poor communities and of children who don't have access to resources, okay? Mm -hmm. I think for children who do have resources, we're not gonna see any long-term residual effects from this in, in 10 years, you know? But I think, you know, the, the number one thing, yeah, for, for parents I'm saying is, you know, you have to do what you have to do to work, okay? And, and I wanna encourage you to not get stuck in guilt because you're not sitting there with your kids all day, right? If you have to work, um, you know? And this is obviously not something we ever planned for. It's not something we ever thought would happen. And the situation is going to be what it is. And, you know, I think, I think what we need to do is, you know, try to preserve the relationship and not toxify that parent-child relationship yeah. over yeah. online school. Yeah. Yes. Preserve the relationship right. and not add conflict and toxicity over school. Not mm -hmm. worth it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, there's been so many words spilled already, both in podcast and conversations and print, and we've done it ourselves. But when you said um, significantly reduce your expectations for this school year, that one sentence I think needs to be the take home message for all of us, mm -hmm. parents, students, communities, educators. Yeah. Reduce your expectations and we'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree. 
I got to yeah. ask you a question. So yeah. You, uh, mentioned telling kids, these boys that you work with, with ADHD and reminding them you are not your behavior. Great message. On the other hand, we have what you mentioned at the beginning. We are living through this cancel culture time mm -hmm. where people are being judged on their behavior. In some cases, behavior that has been horrendous and persistent over decades and mm -hmm. properly so. You said Jeffrey Epstein before. I mean, if there's anybody who, yeah, okay. Right, right. Bad guy. But in some cases, it almost goes overboard or boys feel like it goes overboard where, you know, I say or do one wrong thing and mm -hmm. everybody's going to hold that against me forever. Talk about how we can help our boys make yeah. sense of that dynamic. Well, two things I want to say about that. So number one, one of the things I, I talked to the kids about over the summer was about a few weeks before camp started, a few boys who I think were just finished ninth grade at the most prestigious public high school in Philadelphia made some, you know, inappropriate comments online, some very hurtful comments. They were not threatening anybody, okay? But they were hurtful to the, you know, the girls in their school, and and they had a racist overtone to them. And this is the most diverse, you know, school I've ever seen, okay? So one of the things I told the kids was that there was adults who started an online petition to get these 15-year-olds expelled from their school for something they said online. And I said, you know, there are people who will be understanding that, you know, kids don't make good choices sometimes. There are adults who are understanding that you're, you know, you don't have an adult brain, but there's also a lot of adults who don't and think that the way we should handle everything is through punishing kids in the most severe way possible as if that's going to kind of, you know, teach them, you know, a lesson. Mm -hmm. um, so I really wanted to relate it to something relevant to their life, right? Because, you know, I didn't know who Jeffrey Epstein was before any of this. Do you know what I mean? And I wouldn't talk about that with, with kids. It's not relevant. Right. So I wanted to bring it back to something, you know, relevant for their life. The other thing I also explained to them, and, and I use actually the school district that I grew up in and that my son went through, um, which is, you know, a... Um, it's, you know, it's a uh, higher educated school district um, where you have a lot of parents who are attorneys and the district has um, lots of litigation towards them at all times. And I explained to the kids, because a lot of them live in communities similar to this, I say, you guys have to understand that your school does not want to be sued, okay? So if you say something as a joke to somebody, you know, and it's misinterpreted the right way, right, and they could say that you bullied them, they could say, you know, whatever. And, and, I, and I want them, I don't use this term, but I want them to understand that we're living, you know, schools are operating from this liability perspective at all times, and particularly schools in upper middle class communities. Um, you know, every single thing they do is through the lens of can we get sued for this or not. And I've seen some pretty harsh consequences for for kids with, you know, what I call social learning challenges, ADHD or Asperger's, um, because they didn't understand some of these social rules, you know, and the school district, they need to cover themselves, you know, and, and I explain that to kids. It's not just a confusing time to be a boy. It's a confusing time to be a boy parent. Yes. Yeah, very. Yeah. One of, one of the things that I also want to, you know, encourage parents to do is that this is not something we have to talk about all the time, but it is something we need to talk about, right? And we need to help interpret you know, culture through your own values, right? Because one, that's how you instill values, but that's also how kids make meaning of, of things, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's okay to share your opinion. And I think it's also important to say, this might not be others 
opinions, you know, or this might not be others values, but this is what we value in, in our family, you know, and I think the more we can have those discussions where we get right down to the core of, of talking about these things, you know, whether they're uncomfortable, whether they're a little bit scary, or whether they're about, you know, helping kids understand people have different values, and there's different parenting styles. And the more we can do that in a way without placing judgment on, I think the, the better it is for our kids to understand all this and make meaning of everything we're talking about. One of the reasons why I think it is so confusing for boys and their parents is that we are living through a time of changing mores, changing social standards. Our expectations for boys and for men are changing. And so like on the one hand, we still have messaging, which is totally prevalent in movies and media and music saying guys are like this. And on the other hand, you behave that way and, you know, you get in trouble and you've got parents asking for you to be expelled from school. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what my question there is, but uh, it's, it's a challenge. And I think it's important that as parents, we sort of talk about that. And as you said, talk about that with our boys. Like part of what's going on is that we are changing. I, I think, you know, one of the things for us to keep in mind as parents is that our kids don't really have an understanding, right, of what life was like 10 years ago, right? Exactly. Right. And, and I don't think we need to revisit the past with them, right? I think we need to acknowledge, you know, this is a really confusing time to be a boy, right? Because on one end here, we have this cancel culture. And the other end here, we have, you know, these young girls, you know, using provocative pictures to sell stuff and, right, and, and kind of, and helping them kind of understand the confluence of that and why it's confusing. And, and I I think that's what is really important for parents to understand is when they talk about this, don't focus on the past. Kids don't want to hear about your life when you were growing up, right? They, really we need good. to focus on the present, right? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. There's a lot of hope here. You work with boys all the time. So give us, give us some hope here, Ryan. You worked with these teenage boys for a week or two weeks. They are living through this confusing time, but they're going to be okay. What did you see that tells you that? What can we hang on to? Yeah. Well, number one, I think is that, you know, I think that boys are a much more, much more, uh, not that I think, I know boys are much more emotionally literate than most people give them credit for, number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that boys are much more capable of talking about these complicated and confusing and sometimes uncomfortable topics than we give them credit for. And number three, I think that, um, you know, when you can create a space with your kids where they can talk about this and they feel that you're not judging them, you're not lecturing them, you're not getting into focusing on what they did wrong, right? You're, you're helping to create a space to have more open conversations just in general, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the two key points to that are, you know, no lecturing and no judging, you know, and no judging other people as, as well, right? And I think that's, that's the really hard one you know, for, for a lot of people. I mean, look, when, when my son was growing up, he had, you know, um, you know, a friend who completely ran his house, you know, um, and, and, you know, that's obviously, I'm the opposite of that. And, and I had to be really careful with my choice of words, because I really like this kid, you know, and, and I just had to say, you know, they do things differently at their house. And it's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. They just do things differently than we do. That's a good place to land in a lot of conversations. And being, being accepting and open to that. We're going to include links to your videos and your ADH dude work um, in our show notes. Is there anything uh, specific that we should share, Ryan? 
so one of the things, just to, to mention, I um, put out a, uh, a webinar series um, a few months ago, completely coincidental that it just happened to come out when all the, you know, virtual schooling started. And it's about building, you know, executive functioning strategies that really are the biggest pain points at home for families. So I'm not talking about academic organizational skills and so on. It's things that parents need to be able to help their kids develop these skills. Um, so any parents of kids with ADHD, as well as kids maybe with Asperger's or higher verbal autism or, you know, whatever executive functioning challenges they might have, um, it's probably a good thing to check out because I'm also about to do uh, a new webinar for parents about how to apply these strategies to virtual learning, um, <laughs> knowing, knowing what a disaster it was for so many kids. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, and I'd say just to let parents know, there's, you know, tons of free content on my uh, YouTube channel. Just type in ADHD dude um, and the videos are categorized in, into playlists. So it's easy to find information there. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. So good to talk to you guys. And thank you so much for having me on again. I really appreciate it. Dear listeners, you may have noticed that we are starting to run some ads on our podcast. And Jen and I have made the decision that we want to support and promote specific products that we believe in. Running these ads helps us continue to do the work to create these podcasts to give you the support that you need. You might not realize this, but it costs us money out of pocket to make this podcast, to put it online and to share it with you. Not to mention our investment of time. So this is our way to be able to continue to provide you the content that you need to grow your boys into healthy, happy men. And you can show us your support as you already do every day. We love you so much, but you can show your support for On Boys by supporting the products that we bring to you. And know that we have vetted them. We won't share anything with you that we wouldn't use ourselves. Certainly you are going to make the decisions that are best for your family and what you need might not be exactly what I need. We are only going to share the products that have passed the Jen and Janet test. That's right. So support on boys and support the products that we share with you. Thanks for being our listeners. We love you. Thanks for joining us today. This is On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.